When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hi there and welcome to the Explaining History podcast and today I want to talk about uh, a chapter of World War II that's perhaps less well explored than you know more uh, mainstream things such as uh, D-Day or the Battle of Midway or, or what have you um, and one of the reasons why it's less well explored is because it doesn't fit with the uh, overall narrative of the Second World War. In fact it's, it's creates all sorts of confusing and complex problems for us to try to unravel, which is why it's really worth addressing. And the thing I want to talk about is Churchill's relationship with Greece, or almost his kind of obsession with Greece um, during the war. Now, it's well known that uh, Allied uh, tensions between Britain uh, and the United States were strained considerably over Churchill's um, passion for a Mediterranean strategy. Uh, Churchill and the British um, chiefs of staff, um, particularly uh, Sir Alan Brooke, uh, believed that the American desire for an early cross-channel invasion was doomed to failure and that a kind of peripheral strategy, a an idea of uh, um, squeezing the Third Reich at the margins um, and in its sort of in the kind of the periphery of, of Hitler's empire was far more likely to succeed. And it, there seems to be a, a lot in this. The Casablanca Conference was uh, one. It was the last moment really where the British got their own way, uh, where the Americans believed that they had to bow to the superior. Um, uh, knowledge and uh, expertise and experience of the British, um, the subsequent um, failings and false dawns and general sort of um, missed opportunities that the British have uh, in Italy, uh, not entirely of their own making. Certainly, um, General Mark Clark's uh, refusal to to obey the orders of um, General Alexander, uh, British General Alexander, at Anzio, and to uh, race forth and capture Rome instead of um, cutting off the Germans in the Alban Hills. This doesn't help matters, but um, by the end of 1944, the Americans 
have really little truck with the idea that they can be told what to do by the, the British any longer. And also the um, economic and financial relationship between um, America and Britain has changed to such an extent that really uh, Br um, Britain is almost completely reliant on uh, American largesse, which means that an awful lot of uh, influence can be um, brought to bear. Churchill, when he met Stalin at the Yalta Conference, um, agrees with Stalin various spheres of influence. This is uh, recorded in the so-called naughty letter, or the naughty uh, note or memorandum, where um, certain percentages of influence were um, granted to the Soviets in places like Poland and Hungary, and certain percentages of influence would be granted to uh, to the British. Of course, Stalin um, was uh, bemused uh, best and sort of dismissive of this note by Churchill, uh, this, this um, uh, little note written down, and he said to Churchill, well, you know, uh, Churchill said basically, I don't think anyone should ever see this, and Stalin said, oh, you know, you keep it. Um, Stalin already knew that he had the military muscle to enforce spheres of influence in Poland and Eastern Europe, irrespective of what the British or the Americans said. And Churchill, well, the place where Churchill believed that the British, um, or at least the Western Allies, should have the most influence was Greece. And Greece is something that Stalin wasn't very interested in anyway. Um, he didn't see um, controlling Greece as really a key part of of his his strategy. For the meantime, um, this is interesting. I mean, the it, it, the um, routes into the Mediterranean, into the Dardanelles, had always been uh, an imperial czarist Russian um, objective and goal. So why would Stalin? not want to emulate this particularly? Well, possibly because Stalin saw the uh, chief uh, aim of his foreign policy as building defences against a resurgent Germany. Um, his view, his mindset of Germany really was that kind of fascism had been um, essentially the attack dog of capitalist powers, that Hitler, uh, for all his kind of racial rhetoric was really the kind of the the dupe of capitalist powers and that those capitalist powers were now still clearly in place they were still you know the americans and the british were still a kind of a dominant capitalist force and that it was entirely possible that they would um, put germany back on its feet and uh, send the attack dog back after soviet communism before too long. And this is something that Stalin took very seriously indeed. So you can see why it is, looking at Greece, that Greece is seen as, as something of an irrelevance. Greece had of course been invaded by Mussolini in October 1940, and the resultant attempts to occupy Greece are fairly disastrous. Uh, the Greek partisans fight tenaciously, the Italian army is poorly equipped, poorly led, poorly motivated, and the uh, Greek terrain is one of the most difficult terrains in the world to conquer. It's mountainous, there are deep forests and marshes and all these kinds of things that the Italians hadn't really thought of. Um, if you read the brilliant fascist voices by Christopher Duggan. There's all sorts of first-hand accounts in there 
of um, the general sort of dying of any optimism the soldier, the Italian soldiers had in the Duce and in fascism through the experience of trying to wage war in Greece. Um, the, in 1941, the Germans turn up, um, Hitler sends a thousand panzers to Greece in order to help Mussolini out of the mess he's in. Some historians argue that this perhaps delayed the timetable for Barbarossa as the um, Greeks, uh, as the Germans invade not only Greece but also Yugoslavia. Uh, and um, the result of this mean, meant that the uh, timetable for Barbarossa was done late and therefore the Germans get bogged down in the winter and so on and so forth. Um, this used to be uh, orthodoxy, but it's it's coming increasingly in, in doubt whether really this had much of an influence on the timetable for Barbarossa at all. In 1943, following the capitulation of the Italian government and the, the decision to switch sides and overthrow Mussolini, the uh, Germans take direct control of the um, Greek uh, peninsula and islands, uh, there's a particular scene in the book, don't watch the film, it has Nicolas Cage doing an embarrassing Italian accent, but Louis de Bernier's Captain Corelli's Mandolin is an in infamous moment where the Italians who are occupying the Greek islands are massacred by the Germans because the Germans obviously now feel that um, these are uh, a, a, a dubious and a disloyal and potentially treacherous former ally um, and the Germans occupy um, Greece with an immense amount of brutality. The um, partisan guerrilla war that the Greeks have been waging against the Germans, um, German military discipline and German military law, in fact, is particularly harsh on um, non-uniform combatants, irregular soldiers, um, uh, Frank Tyrer, as they are they are known um, in. Um, the parlance of the uh, German army, um, and the Hitler having signed the kind of the partisan uh, declare partisan decree in 1941, which gave carte blanche really to uh, execute uh, Soviet commissars, meant that there was uh, you know a huge amount of uh, of, of violence in um, against uh, Greek partisans and their villages in trying to put down the the insurrection. Now, the bit where it becomes interesting, I think, is where we look at the different kinds of resistance in Greece. There were um, anti-German resistance groups um, of a, a range of different um, political persuasions, but obviously the, the ones that tend to be more successful, and you see this happening all across Europe, um, and more organised and more disciplined, are the communists. And... Um, the resistance groups in Greece, as you see, as you find in other places such as France, fought it out amongst one another, trying to establish a, a kind of a, an ideological uh, dominance or orthodoxy that would then supplant Nazism when the Germans finally left. So you see um, a, the seeds really of a civil war emerging during the the embers of World War Two. Now, again, our conventional way of looking at World War Two is it is a, a titanic struggle between the Western allies on one side and the Axis powers on the other. But as you look into, into um, all sorts of European and Asian countries, civil wars begin to emerge as a result of Nazi occupation. 
the uh, experience of the Greeks was one of resistance and collaboration. On one hand, you have the Iam Elas communists, who about more whom later, uh, and on the other, you have militias who have been organised by the Nazis, by the Germans, uh, in order to help police their own people. And so, as a result, you have your own homegrown Greek fascism there uh, in order to uh, perhaps be uh, the auxiliaries of the Nazis. And the dilemma that people like Churchill have is, well, who do you back? You have, essentially, Stalinists or uh, fascists, uh, and you've got to choose one side or the other. Churchill was uh, a staunch friend of the King George II, the Greek King George II, and was determined to see him return. He had no desire to hand the country over to communism. And I think Churchill, perhaps after the Yalta Conference, had seen the writing on the wall, was well aware that there was almost nothing that could be done um, in order to um, keep the Soviets from controlling Eastern Europe. So perhaps Greece was one place where Churchill could salvage something, where perhaps he could uh, demonstrate that he had drawn some kind of line in the sand against the in encroaching threat of communism. Greece's uh, interwar history had been one which had heavily featured right-wing repression under uh, uh, General Yanis Metaxas, who had served under George II and in 1936 had declared martial law. He is credited on, uh, by some uh, as the man who saved Greece from the Italians, but he died months before the German invasion, died of, of natural causes, it must be stated. It was British agents of the Special Operations Executive who parachuted into Greece, who managed to draw together the uh, National Republican League, who were non-communist partisans, uh, and the communists... Um, and managed to build a kind of uneasy truce between them, but one that was quite effective uh, in that they managed to um, carry out... A if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A number of very important guerrilla raids, including a, a coup for the British, the destruction of a railway line at Gorgopotamus. And this destroyed a bridge for four months, which managed to close off a supply line from Germany to Rommel's Panzer Army in North Africa. It was one of the great um, espionage and um, sabotage triumphs of the war. However, for much of their time in Greece, British agents um, were uh, at a loss as to how to deal with the rival groups uh, of uh, Greek partisans. Uh, They feuded amongst each other and the British uh, struggled really to find a kind of a lasting alliance um, to unite the various warring parties. The communists naturally mistrusted the British and uh, that whilst they wanted the help and assistance and equipment and kudos that an alliance with the British brought, uh, they also were deeply suspect of their motives as kind of old-fashioned imperialists and enemies of the people in, in the eyes of the, the communists. Churchill, as mentioned, was insistent on the restoration of George II, and the uh, various partisan groups were secretly flown to Cairo in 1943 in order to try to come to some kind of uh, agreement. But it's the withdrawal of Germany from Greece um, in 1944 and later in 1945 that sees the uh, whole situation really start to kind of rapidly evolve and change. Um, the Greeks were uh, aware that the Red Army was on the way. It had marched into uh, Romania and Hungary in October 1944, and this is where the, the kind of the civil war uh, commences. Um, Greece was a victim of terrible brutalization and famine in 1941. And this had had the effect of really kind of polarising much of the, the Greek population. It had driven many into the arms of the communists, not people that were instinctively readers of Marx, put it that way, but people who really believed that there was little alternative, that the, the communists offered the only chance, really, of any kind of meaningful future. The problem for the Communist Party was that Stalin had already, prior to his agreement with Churchill, which is why he was sort of so secretly amused by Churchill and perhaps slightly laughing into his sleeve, he'd already sent a series of military advisers to Greece to tell them of what he called um, 
geopolitical realities. He said, in essence, uh, Russia hasn't got, or the Soviet Union hasn't got any business in Greece, but the British wish to have business in Greece and you must cooperate with them. The uh, defeat of Nazism is the main thing. And that's what will benefit the Soviet motherland the most. And so this is what I want you to do. In April 1944, the communists hold elections, um, they're called revolution elections, and this is essentially a power grab. They had hoped that the uh, national leader, or nationalist leader really, George Papandreou, would act as a kind of a figurehead and behind the scenes the communists could manipulate him as, the, as a, some kind of titular head of a national government, um, similar to the kinds of um, popular front governments that Stalin had would later try to create in places like Poland and Czechoslovakia, but were really kind of um, communist governments in all but name. Papandreou doesn't uh, decide that he rather doesn't fancy that and becomes the head of the government in exile in Cairo. And the communists have a perfect opportunity to wage a kind of bloody repression stroke and class war uh, because they can identify so many people as traitors, as people who have collaborated with the Nazis, whether or not that's really happened at all. The uh, Germans had recruited uh, men into their security battalions, so a kind of a paramilitary force and these security battalions were not simply reluctant conscripts, but very often held the kinds of um, reactionary fascist views um, and were particularly motivated by anti-communism and were the um, ideal candidates for the uh, anti-communist fight. But the security battalions also have to appeal to the British. They didn't want to present themselves as being the stooges of the Nazis. So they you know, let some political prisoners go. They put out feelers to the British and present themselves as monarchists and patriots and anti-communists. Um, and certainly people who had never had anything to do with uh, the regime when, when that was in power. Days after the Germans finally uh, evacuated Athens, um, the British turn up with a, a small force uh, in comparative terms, um, but one which was there to restore order to, um, and by order and Churchill's um, view, that meant the restoration of the monarchy, um, which is by and large not a popular option in Greece. The you know, communist or non-communist, most people were unified by the idea that a uh, a different kind of government was what was was necessary. Much of the problem here comes down to Churchill's miscalculations, that he believed that active intervention was necessary to keep Greece out of the Soviet sphere of influence, but there was very little chance of it ever being in the Soviet sphere of influence. Papandreou is returned by the British, and he begins to include some of the security battalion in his new government, and he this is absolutely hated and despised. These people are loathed far more than the communists are. They are being responsible for all manner of crimes, and certainly those, um, they have been identified as, as sort of stooges of the Nazis. And Churchill and his um, general, who is in charge of the Greek operation, General Scobie, operate really as, as kind of um, imperial administrators of Greece. Um, the 
British soldiers on the streets um, acting as a, a police force are were there um, to keep uh, keep order, and there was every risk that they would be drawn into a into a civil war uh, if the communists uh, decided to fire upon them. And this indeed happens, which results in the British uh, carrying out airstrikes against the Greeks, uh, against the Greek communists, and the Greek communists then declare open war, not not really on the British, but on the um, the bourgeoisie of Athens, and began to take uh, hostages from middle class families and carry out executions. Um, and um, it's the, uh, the the British kind of rise to the communist bait, uh, quite catastrophically. Churchill is uh, persuaded by Harold Macmillan, then the uh, Minister for the Mediterranean um, Area, um, to not return George II until there's really been some kind of um, national plebiscite or referendum as to whether the Greeks want a, a monarchy at all. And instead to appoint um, uh, Archbishop Damaskinos um, as, the, um, as the regent for um, Greece until some kind of decision can be made. Churchill isn't happy about this, but now he's really starting to attract an awful lot of criticism, particularly from the Americans. And the Americans towards the end of the war really begin to tire of Churchill and tire of his kind of, what they view as his quasi-imperial meddling. And really, they are particularly annoyed about Churchill seemingly unnecessary interfering in the Mediterranean. Uh, and they are suspicious that it's a way of, uh, of steering the Americans into a further and wider conflict in the Mediterranean. It was claimed that Churchill was tearing up the Atlantic Charter, which had been decided uh, between Churchill and Roosevelt in 1941, and had been um, uh, agreed that there would be a principle of self-determination. Um, this was based on the assumption that was prevalent in the American media and prevalent in American politics that anyone who'd been fighting against the Nazis, i.e. the Greek communists, must be on some level some kind of freedom-loving patriot. And obviously this isn't always the case. Well, Churchill sails to Greece um, on the HMS Ajax and they, 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 uh, Churchill and um, a number of his ministers, including Anthony Eden, um, actually drive into Athens the next day in a couple of armoured cars. This is on uh, Christmas Eve 1944. Um, and the reason why Churchill has visited Athens is because he believes he's the only man that can save Greece from communism. The, the British embassy is um, now at this point because of Britain's decision to openly attack the communists um, is uh, under siege and Churchill meets Damaskinos at the embassy um, along with um, there are American and French and Soviet representatives there. The communists also attend the meeting but very little is decided and as the, the new year begins the uh, various partisan groups are forced to abandon Athens um, because they're fought to stand still by the, the British army. Um, the Greek Civil War, at this point, would continue for another four years. 
The British finally abandon Greece in 1947, accepting that they are unable to continue financing um, this anti-communist initiative. And it's really the decision by the, Greek, the British to abandon Greece in 1947 that leads to Harry Truman um, enunciating the Truman Doctrine, which is America's acceptance, really, of um, Britain's world role um, at that point, or at least Britain's role as kind of anti-communist policeman, um, and the, as the uh, the British are um, bankrupted at the end of the war, abandon their uh, bases and colonies, uh, it becomes um, clear to the Americans that they will have to step up and fill that gap. So anyway, as I was saying. There's a number of very interesting um, lessons that kind of come from this, this period of time. Firstly, there is the issue of um, these civil wars that emerge at the end of the Second World War. And secondly, as the Second World War came to an end, um, there were new directions that Churchill was hoping to take uh, British policy in and, by extension, drag the Americans along as well. Um, and Churchill's war logically didn't didn't logically end in his mind with the defeat of Germany. The um, final culmination of Churchill's thinking was Operation Unthinkable, which was to be a planned attack on the Soviet Union in order to liberate Poland. And it was aptly titled because his generals and air marshals found it unthinkable and essentially dismissed it as absolute lunacy in 1945. But I'll try to do something on, on Operation Unthinkable at a later date because not enough, I think, is written about that. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed that. Exciting news. The next Explaining History Study Guide, Explaining International Relations, 1870 to 1914, is going to be available, I think, this week. If not this week, then definitely next. And we should have a couple new Explaining History titles coming out soon. So keep your eyes peeled for that, and I'll catch you on the next podcast. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.